Welcome to Bite Size Jazz, a podcast with a taste of new albums and new artists, with new episodes coming out every Tuesday. Head to our website, bitesizejazz.com, to find all our interviews with great musicians, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date with all of our latest episodes. I'm Stephanie Steele. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Jazz. Today's guests on the podcast are vocalist Samira May and guitarist Michael Valenew. They are internationally renowned and they've played together in many different groups as well as on several different records, the latest of which was released in June 2021 called All Be Seeing You. Their friendship spans a decade and two comments. So tell us more about how they met. Wow, that was like how many years ago, Michou? It's a... Uh... It's, we've really first met in the summer of 2010, so it's uh, 11 years ago, I guess, since we're doing the summer now. It's the first day of summer. The first time I met you, I don't think you, you met me. I, I no. was in, in Paris, in um, Caveau des Oubliettes. Right. And you were playing uh, at a jam there. You were playing I Can't Help It, Michael Jackson tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I was hosting a jam in this venue in Paris, in the Latin, the Latin district, you know, in the center of Paris. And uh, but we spoke briefly, I remember, because I knew who you were, and, but we never had met for some reason in, in New York. No. And then, uh, yes, yeah, so that that was the first time we we sort of met, and then we met like more formally a few months later in Brooklyn, I think in a small jam session, uh-huh. close to yeah. where I used to live. And where I live now, actually, I moved back to this neighborhood. I'm really close to this place. I I remember I f- I fell in love with your sound because I had been, you know, I grew up with gypsies playing acoustic uh, gypsy guitar with with a you know steel string, and that's the sound I was used to for in the guitar. And I had never really been uh, exposed to this kind of sound that Michael has the. Uh, the how you call it the hollow body yeah electric guitar hollow body electric guitar hollow body electric guitar that's such a round sound you know a a warm tone um and uh and yeah it was the my first time and i fell in love with michu's sound what was one of your first projects that you did together uh, well, the big it's one was day. yeah, it's a good day. Was the, that was the guitar bank? That was the real big project. We were playing already for a couple of years together, playing gigs around town quite a lot actually. Mm-hmm. But this was um, this was a an album, an idea I had of because of the sound that I that I just talking about. I fell in love with his sound, and I and I always loved guitar, but I didn't realize. How you know how there are so many different kinds of guitars, and so I had this idea of starting a band with, with these all these different kinds of guitars with the gypsy guitar with the steel string, the uh, Brazilian guitar with nylon string, and uh, the electric guitar, the hollow body that Michael plays, and so um, I called Michael to make this project with me to to decide on songs and to arrange songs and together we we worked on this project um basically we were the 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 arrangers of the of the whole album and then when when we got the band in the studio we all together you know brought the repertoire to life 
And you guys have worked on a couple albums together since that time with the full band. What made you decide to do the duo album now? Well, I guess it's, uh, I don't know what made us decide it. It was just a sort of a natural follow-up to all these years together, you know, and we, we always had played together as a duet also, you know, sometimes we would need to fill up for, like the whole band wouldn't make it to a gig and we had to play duet or like, there were several instances where we had to play duo. And uh, and with the pandemic and all, it was just like sort of the right time. Like we all had all this time to on our hands and, and we did, you know, and it's easy. You just have, it's just two persons in the studio improvising. So it was kind of, I think, so. well, what do you think, Cyril? Yeah, we, we've played duo many, many times and, um... Yeah, the first time we realized that it was a thing was when we were in the middle of uh, Ohio and there was a snowstorm and Michael and I had, for some reason, we were there in advance for this gig and the band couldn't make it because the flight was canceled and so we had to do the gig together and it was awesome. And then one time we played in Milan and we got like four encores. And <laughs> yeah. It was just the two of us, and it was really, uh, really amazing. So then, when we, when I, I started playing with my, my, you know, the full band, we would uh, just play a duo song in the set, you know, give the band a rest, and and so during this, this whole pandemic time, it it was kind of difficult anyway to get more than two people in the studio. Actually, the studio where we were playing. Was, didn't allow more than two people, and and um, and yeah, the cool thing is that it was a decision that could could have been taken like on the whim because of the years of you know rehearsing and practicing that we have been doing. So it, it didn't have to be something so thought out and uh, you know planned. And we just got in the studio. We called tunes that we that we loved throughout the years and, and, and also new tunes. And basically what just came out is what you get on the CD. And what are some of the challenges and some of the benefits of playing in a duo versus playing with the whole band? Well, the challenge is that there's so much space and it's also one of the benefits. So I'm already contra contradicting myself here, <laughs> but one of the challenges is that every detail is is under a microscope, sort of, you know. So you really, you're really, you're walking on thin ice, but at the same time, you can hear all the beautiful details, the beautiful nuances uh, in, in, each, in each one's voice, in each one's tones. And also the great benefit is the, because it's only two people having a conversation, you just have so much freedom, you know, in terms of where you can go, what you can say, and especially two people who have played together for such a long time, it was really, it's really easy to really improvise and be spontaneous in the moment. That's one of the great benefits of that. Yeah, for me, um, what I love so much about this, this project is, um, is the trust. You know, a lot of times I, when I do like a masterclass or whatever, and there's a non, uh, there's instrumentalists in, in the class and they'll ask me, what do you like most about, uh, you know, uh, someone to come for you, like an instrumentalist? And I say, someone to trust me, someone that can trust that we can get lost together, that we can go explore different 
colors together within a song that we've played a million times we can go a different direction and someone that can trust that I, I'll be there following or that I can also take you to cool places and that's the thing with Michael is there's so much trust in the music that we're just we're just dancing around there's not an ounce of uh, being scared of if we're not going to end up in the correct place or whatever wherever we end up is where we're supposed to end up we, we really go for it and uh, and it's just it's just so fun and it, it's rare to capture that in the studio it's 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 um, you know it's easier to feel this freedom when you're live in front of an audience and uh, and like Michael says when you're not under a microscope and um, and so yeah it was really special to be able to capture this spontane spontaneity in the studio so were the arrangements generally predetermined or were you being more spontaneous like you describe, you know, just following each other and going to new places? Well, there's, it's a mix. It's a mix because like, like we said before, some of the tunes that, you know, the, we've been playing them for years. So, of course, after the years, you know, you find things that work and like in, in, and you approach the tune from a certain perspective, from a certain angle, you know, for example, Bye Bye Blackbird. We've been playing it like that for a long time, but you know, within that frame, within, you know, we had that little rhythmic gimmick within that frame, every, like we had like three or four takes that that, we did a, that could have all made the album, kind of, you know, and actually there's an alternate take, I think, mm -hmm. of Bye Bye Blackbird on the record. And some tunes were just like kind of, you know, they're just songs that standards that we all know, like I'll Be Seeing You, for example, the arrangement, that very simple, like way of comping throughout the tunes that just came in the studio, same for I'll Be Seeing You, uh, sorry, It Could Happen To You where uh, it's more like chopped up and we go, you know, it's, it's a mix. I'll be seeing you In every lovely summer's day In everything that's light and gay I'll always think of you that way I'll find you in the morning sun and when the night is new. The thing is when when you are really improvising you it's kind of almost hard to say what is an arrangement what part of the song is an arrangement and what part is just you know thing that comes up on on the spot because even that arrangement of bye bye blackbird that was not something that was thought out. One day we were at a jam session in Minsk, and uh, my, I called a tune, you know, thinking we we're going to do it, you know, regular way, and Michael just started this groove. And he didn't know it was going to, you know, be the arrangement that we we're going to play it at further, for, forever. But it just <laughs> came out, it just came out like that. And that's also wherever there is things that are arrangements, those also oftentimes just come out on the spot. Pack up all my cares and woes. Here I go singing low. Bye bye, Blackbird. Where somebody waits for me. Sugar sweet, so is she. Bye bye, Blackbird. No one here can love or understand. 
And I really liked how you had improvising from both of you. It seems like a lot of vocalists today, they don't necessarily record their improvisation, but you totally embraced it. And we're not afraid to have like the extended improvisations, especially like at the end of the songs when you guys were um, vamping and following each other. And so I'd love to hear about how you guys are communicating when you're improvising and, you know, not making it like vocalist and backing track, but really making a conversation between the two of you. Um, how do we communicate? Well, I guess it's the same. It doesn't make a difference that that it's real as a vocalist or to me. I, I mean, it feels the same way. I mean, it feels the same way when I'm actually connected to any other musician when with, with Cyril. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of listening, a lot of trying to to answer what the other is throwing at you, you know, all the time to just show that you're there at all times. Mm-hmm. And that's that's purely musical language that could be happening even without looking at each other. But you know, also the body language, looking at each other is really important. But again, that's those are things that are important with any between two instrumentalists, between two singers. It's, but yeah, very I think basic things that we all do. I don't know, Cyril, what how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I feel we communicate through the music, because um, especially in the studio, we can't see each other so well because we're not in the same room, and. Uh, it's not like when you're live, you're sitting right next to each other, you feel each other's energy really well. So in the studio, there's even more listening. You know, you know, I have him right there in my ears, in my headphones. And, um, and yeah, it's what he said, like catching, catching each, other's, uh, each other's phrases and, uh, yeah, showing that we're there. And... Um, yeah, just it's it's really playful. It's a really playful thing, you know. We're really just dancing together with the music. And how do you avoid getting into ruts with these songs that you've played so many times? How do you avoid getting into ruts both with your arrangements and with your own improvising? Getting into ruts, you mean like being bored of the, of playing the same song many times? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh what's special about this is that we don't play it the same way. You know, if we do, it means we're not connected. It means we're not there present in the moment. And so the the whole goal, the whole purpose is to catch yourself if you're not in the moment and to realize, ah, I'm doing the same thing and um, to take a breath and really listen. Because if I really listen to Michael, he's not doing the same thing than than the other times that we're playing. So I'm going to find a new inspiration and new ideas if I really listen to him. Yeah. And also, you know, even within an arrangement that you're going to be, because, you know, you were not going to be approaching Bye Bye Blackbird completely differently every time. Like, you know, we're not going to be, I mean, we could, but even if you keep that same frame, there's a lot of very small things that you can do to surprise the other person in the duo, you know, even just a note, a chord that you've never played before is going to all of a sudden open a whole new horizon. And then you can just sort of like dwell into like just follow that direction. So it's really small things that, you know, that that sort of open big new doors, I guess. And what kind of mindset do you try to keep when you're improvising? How do you keep yourself open and free? By being present, uh, being present, being vulnerable, 
I felt very vulnerable in, in this session because because of the fact that it's so under the microscope, really naked, and we didn't do any overdubs, you know. what What's on the album is exactly the way it happened in the studio. Um, so being vulnerable means accepting whatever comes out, you know, even if I'm not 100%, I don't feel like everything I did is perfect, definitely not. And um, accepting to not be perfect, to to just be present, that's the most important part. And uh, that's the state of mind I want to be when I improvise. Especially in the studio, because if, if you want to be perfect, if you want to, you know, then you, you'll never get out of the studio. You're going <laughs> to do another take and another take and another take. But we barely did. We did two takes of each song. Uh, and most of the ones we took were the first takes, if I remember. Um, so, yeah, the state of mind is to be extremely present, honest and vulnerable for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like you say, being present to me, it's like I usually associate it to having the having my, my mind like a blank page, you know, like try to unplug completely my my consciousness. But at the same time, I have to say as an accompanist, and I'm sort of realizing this as I'm saying it, especially when when I play duet and when I play with people, there's I try to sort of be of protect, you know, the person I'm accompanying. Like it's kind of kind of the mindset of like trying to like, you know, like cuddling a small baby in your arms, but you're doing it musically. But it's really like you want to protect the sound they're creating and sort of like embellish it and, and bring it up, you know, do something supportive of it at the same time. And that's why I love playing with Michael. studio was there a like specific reason you picked the studio the ex machina soundworks in brooklyn yeah i've i've known um dev avedon for a while uh the sound engineer he's he's recorded a lot of my friends wayne tucker tom larson and um he is a genius of the sound he and his partner actually uh design created the microphone that I'm singing in and for me it's one of if the best sound I've ever heard on my voice because even like I said even the little imperfections that the things that are that you know just like the, the raw voice just sounds sounds so natural it sounds so natural it feels like you're there in the studio in the sound and uh yeah that's that's why I picked it because he's really a sound geek. <laughs> that's amazing. I did think I was that it sounded very raw. I was like, it almost sounds like I'm sitting right there and they're singing to me. Uh huh. Yeah, Michael, you even said that it's your favorite guitar sound you ever got. No, I didn't get a chance. But yeah, it's like one. It's the sound is re I think is really amazing on that record. And uh, yeah, capturing sound is an is an art of its own, and and Dev is definitely a, a master at it. And yeah, so far I think it's. It's the the album that represents best my my guitar tone, I think. Or that I'm the happiest with, at least. Yeah. 
And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into some of the specific tracks. And if you walk through your creative process, just like, you know, what part you heard first and then what came next. So if we could talk about um, how deep is the ocean and how that one came together. Again, it's like one of those examples where where you're just sort of playing around with the tune and the arrangement comes out of nowhere. Uh, the first time we played it like that, we were just hanging out at the, I think it was Wayne's or Tommy, Tommy's place one night and we we're just hanging, you know, having uh, drinks and smoking a magic cigarette. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just, it was late at the night. It was just, and I think, I think I just started playing in five just to see, because we did, we didn't used to play a lot of odd meters with Cyril. So just, oh, mm-hmm. just going to try to mess with her for it, see what happened. She, <laughs> just went, she just went for it. It was great. And then, and then, and then, if like maybe that same year, I was gonna I recorded an album under my name, and I and I sorted I wanted I wanted to have that on the record, so we recorded it, and that sort of like put that arrangement in stone for a little bit, and then when we got in the studio, we did it again, we did it again like that. How much do I love you? I'll tell you no lies How deep is the ocean? How high is the sky? How many times a day do I think of you? How many roses are sprinkled with dew? How and how about um, it could happen to you? It could happen to you. Um, <laughs> that one, yeah, that one was kind of, you called that, that tune, right? For the session. Yeah. That was kind of like in the session, you know, it's one of those tunes that you, we've all played a million times. Like, why not? Let's just try to pick something we, we know very like, like, you know, like our pocket, like the back of our hand. It's just, we just played it like that. Hide your heart from sight. Lock your dreams at night. It could happen to you Don't count stars Or you might stumble Someone let a sigh and down You tumble Keep an eye on spring Run when church bells ring It could happen to you Then we'll do one more. Let's do softly as in the morning sunrise. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that we would play when we had like uh, duo shows, um, one where we wanted to really swing really hard, and uh, yeah, and and that little groove that hit the road, Jack. Won't you come back no more, no more, no more? That's the that's the inspiration for that groove. Softly. As in a morning sunrise, the light of love comes stealing into a newborn day. Flaming with all the glow of sunrise, a gentle kiss is stealing the vow that I'll betray. 
We've been listening to an interview with vocalist Surreal Lame and guitarist Michael Valianu about their duo album, I'll Be Seeing You. If you like what you heard, you can find a link to their music on our website, bitesizejazz.com, or on your favorite streaming service. And of course, we're all about spreading great new music, so if you enjoy this episode, please share the podcast with your friends, tag us in it, we'd love to feature you on our social pages. I'm Stephanie Steele, thanks for listening to Bite Size Jazz.